up, everybody? Welcome back to the Long Play Listening Party, part two. Corey Phillips and the Band of Light, Sex Thirsty hu Love Hunger. Did I get it? Sex Thirsty Love Hunger. Sex Thirsty Love Hunger. Side two coming up in just a couple minutes. Everybody's here, Royce, Nate, and Corey, of course. Uh, Corey, tell us about, I mean, side... It's a week or, later, magically. What's that? I said it's a week later, magically. <laughs> it's a week later. Everyone, everyone knows by now we're doing the shows two at a time, uh, which we hope... Well, the reason, I mean, we hope that works with your schedule. We're trying to get a you know a consistent release, you know, Friday, long play, whether it's your lunch break, your commute, your Friday night, whatever it might be. This uh, last week's show, this week's show, probably good for a Friday night, maybe Saturday night. Listen to Sex, Thirsty, Love, Hunger. Mm -hmm. Light some candles with Corey Phillips. <laughs> uh, Corey, tell us about, you know, LP1, which we've heard last week. Check it out yeah. if you haven't already, versus LP2. Is it kind of, did you go for different vibes, or is it kind of consistent, or what are you feeling? Well, as, as I was saying um, last week uh, when I was here, um... It was a, quite a task to, to to arrange the titles over two albums, you know, and that you have three, you know, the times of songs, you know, uh, and then your own sort of uh, impression of which songs belong together, or then what what expressions you want to, or what journey you want to take somebody on throughout the record. So there's a lot of different things that go into uh, arranging the song order on an album. So the original um, concept of Sex As You Love Hunger was exploring the dichotomy between um, you know, sexual love and intellectual love or romantic love. And um, that was sort of a relic from my childhood listening to the Billy Idol Vital Idol album where side one was very like get ready for the club and side two was very coming back from the club you know and Get it on, you know? And so that was kind of how I was gonna treat this, where it was just like record A or record one was, you know, this, this sexy, uh, this sexy uh, uh, concept and, and romantic love on the other one. But I couldn't quite do it. So I thought I'd decide, I, what I decided to do was just let everybody kind of decide where they were on the on the spectrum as they listen to it all. And I think there's, you know, there's some assumptions that can be made, some arguments can be made that the side is a little bit more on the on the romantic side than the sexual side. But I'm not saying anything about that. I'm not gonna decide for anybody. This first song, Slow Down, is a, one of our favorites in the in the catalog. It's probably one of the oldest ones too. So we'd start off album two, set three with it. You know, obviously the first, the first side, you know, as you mentioned, we came on strong and kept kept that uh, that upbeat vibe alive for like five or six songs. Where on this side of the album, it starts off a little bit more mellow, a little more chill. Cool. Yeah, it finishes out pretty strong. Yeah. I thought 
Lauren and Chelsea were singing back up. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll great job. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. If I can fool Nate, fool the band into believing that right. somebody else. There's no slide against Chelsea or Lauren. I just was like, I just <laughs> thought the vocals were just really well done. Like, I captured it. It makes sense. But they're so concisely put together. Another little detail I like on this one, and I've, I've heard it on a couple other tracks, or I've noticed it on a couple other tracks, uh, five-string bass, you know, in that deep, some of those extended low notes are oh, yeah. really great. That's right. Good here. Mario would be flattered that you caught that. Takes one on no one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something that can, you know, if you don't, if you take a too heavy hand with it or something, or you don't have the right, you know, equipment to capture it, it can really kind of mess things up if, you, if it's not done right. And here it's just, it's just tucked right in there. playing some piano on the song. Mm -hmm. I think it's, one of the, it's the only song that you play piano on. It's the only song with piano in it. It sounds good, though. Which, you know, it takes a pretty pure song to put piano on yeah. in this day and age. There's still uh, roads, I think, on there. Going somewhere a little different. Nice change. Those symbols sound just perfect, like they're doing exactly what they, uh. It finishes with the instrumental chorus. 
a very existential <laughs> way to end this, this song. Yeah, that's a really cool opening to the kind of the second half of all this because yeah, the tempo's down a little bit, but you're still introducing, I mean, kind of like you talked about at the beginning of the first show, you're still introducing new ideas, you know, the piano, some of the chord changes are different than anything we've heard so far, and so mm -hmm. there's still a lot of freshness happening. Even, you know, and we're over halfway through the, through the whole album at this point. That's awesome. Yeah, I've often wondered if, like, if if the second half could have stood up as as it is with the song order as its own record too. But it would have had to start with that song and then come in hot here with "Right All Night for You," which also would have been fun too as a listener. And a, <laughs> yeah, I could definitely hear like playing these in reverse order. It'd be a different experience, but I think it would work. I'm gonna try that sometime. This to me is kind of a Jamiroquai-ish. Very Jamiroquai. And then as we get into it, I, I, I put in some Shalimar, <laughs> for sure. Okay. <laughs> Some of that 70s pop funk. Mario on the double, double bass like. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson and Prince, obviously. Sure. Um, Chicago, Billy Idol. I mean, I liked. I liked the stuff my my mom was floating, like you know the Steve Miller and all that '70s, Steely Dan and Doobie Brothers. But I was a child of like the late '80s. Um, and then grunge. I was heavy into grunge, for real, but but then when I started playing more music, I was um, into classic rock. But man, then I found Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye and Al Green, and I haven't gone back to anything else, you know? I learned how to play those piano chords on, on most of their songs, and so, so that's the kind of music I started writing, was a more R&B, um, four note chord songs and uh, I mean I've been growing up for a long time so there's been a lot of music <laughs> <laughs> I'm still growing up and like uh, I remember I was like 30 when I fell in love with Aretha Franklin mm. 31 I was listening to Light on Richie 
<laughs> so just, just eating it all up. I guess in that way, people have compared compared the songs to or my songwriting to, or actually just the sound, maybe my singing, to uh, Lenny Kravitz and Jamiroquai, who are two of the more noted revisionists out there. You know? Well, I, you know, I've seen you play uh, like a solo set, and you do get into more Americana type of stuff. And, That's true. Kind of the uh, Cat Stevens Eagles. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Which is, I also dig, man. It'd be fun to make some We'll have to get like busy that. on that third now for the next yeah. album. Yeah, this this album, which was going to be very disco and very like party funk, right? Needed to need to come first before anything else. Oh. Burning a hole in my pocket. So in the future, you know, whether it goes into some more R&B or we do some acoustic flavorings or some you know bulkier flavorings, remains to be seen. But this one had to happen. Oh, for sure. In all its grandeur, too, 14 songs. It's, it's got some heft to it, man. Maybe we'll release another one that's like some more. An hour or something. We're saying that if you buy the if you buy the vinyl, you're getting a great deal. Man. Yeah. Maybe we'll release another one that's like more sex thirsty love hunger. <laughs> <laughs> sex thirsty love hungrier. <laughs> Sexier thirsty love hungrier. The, I call them three different boogies. That's just pure disco fun. Is this where we drop it down? Uh, maybe. This is where we drop it down, give it a take. might be like one of my favorite if not favorite to play live very delicate stuff on everybody's part oh man it's just like and me singing directly about having sex right at that moment <laughs> in real time <laughs> There's that prince. <laughs> That's right.
that there is why I swore it was Born in Chelsea, man. <laughs> yeah? Like, I knew you were singing you, some of the best. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah, that was masterful. Yeah. Yeah, we're, <laughs> for real, man. <laughs> I, I, did, I did a remix of this track, so I had all the stems. So that background, mm. all the stems. Still didn't and know. the whole, whole, until tonight, I thought it was Lauren and Chelsea. <laughs> I see why you like playing this stuff so much, Nate, because there's, I mean, there's a lot to dig into. And and a lot of space too for you to. I mean, you can kind of push things around with how you voice things and. Yeah, I was about to say that it, you know, sometimes I need to not play as much, but at the same time, not true, not true. There's so much, like you said, um, like opportunity and space to do things. You just have to, you know, just has to be tasteful, man. That's that's the only way it works. So that's I could that's a continual like process. Yeah, everybody in the band is like like kind of stepping on their tail, making sure they're not overplaying something yeah, exactly. or trying to let something happen. Let the other person do something. Listen to everybody. Especially Mike Ham. <laughs> right, let him do it. <laughs> yeah, you can tell it's a band of listeners and a uh, and a generous band, you know, that's happy to kind of spread it around. Right on. I think it was amazing, like, once we were in the mixing stage, how I was surprised at some of the mature sounds that developed, you know, just in the process of recording, that maybe we weren't quite there before, but then yeah. once it was done, I was like, wow, something really became um, more sophisticated or more, more amazing in the process. And to be able to sit on that, like, that's what's on tape, it's really cool. You talked a little bit about uh, mixing with Robert, was it? And you want to talk more about the mix and kind of that process? Robert Rebeck is a wizard. I mean, he was, he was, he was entertaining us. I mean, he was, Keeping us entertained by mixing a little bit along the way, you know, as different components were added, just to so that we we felt the, we felt the music appropriately to what we were, you know, what we were adding to it felt felt right. So it, it felt like it was kind of put together a little bit 
before um, he actually mixed it. But when he did mix it, it was hard to finally follow with it. It was like, it was so nice. He just, he wove wonders, I don't know. He's a wizard. So you were touching base with him as you were recording at your house and kind of doing a little preview he thing? Commuted. He commuted from Kansas City for our sessions. Okay. Here at my home. Oh, so he was kind of engineering too? He, he was the engineer. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. And you know, he'll tell you, he's like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> but I think he would because the result, the result is fine. Um, you know, the only thing is that nothing was hardwired, you know, like a studio is. So we had to bring in some different components he wasn't comfortable with, but where all his favorite stuff wasn't there. But I think he may do. <laughs> he may do. <laughs> He's, he, I think he feels happy about it. Sounds really good to me. I couldn't have been happier. I'd do it again. I messaged him like a month later. I was like, you ready to do the next one? He's like, no. <laughs> I need a break. But it was a good two months, two months together. And he's he's a funny guy. He's an unsuspectingly talented talented. Uh, he's an un, you wouldn't guess that he has the know-how he does with with uh, you know R and B music, but he knows exactly what to do with it. You know, but it's pretty straightforward. What we gave him is pretty much what's there. There was no real production to it. Um, just weaving the the edits and and. You know, the, the automation. Is that what's called? Auto, automation. 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 <laughs> automation. Automation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd do something. I'd do things with him again. I'd recommend to anybody. Here we got Groove Machine, which is a little return to the the Motown sort of uh, Wilson Pickett vibes that were alluded to in maybe some earlier songs. Your love machine. Are there some other songs out here that are kind of with that 60s retro? It's like Bored to Lose, maybe. tracks on the album. A little shorter and to the point, just a little little ray of sunshine in there. Yeah, it's a fun one. Featuring Nate on keyboard solo. Do you guys, um, how do you decide on key sounds? Corey, you kind of tell Nate what you want, or Nate, are you picking what instrument and sound to put in, or? Well, 
a lot of the stuff that I do is based from, or you know, comes from his old keyboard player Al, or the keyboard player in LA, um, Al. Gotcha. Uh, but then, you know, we, we kind of did some different things, but the core sounds like the electric piano, the claps, strings, organ, that's... Uh, the organ I think I added a little more of, just because I had the Nord. <laughs> uh, and it sounds so... All these guys kind of know, know, know exactly what the feel is, you know, and it's, it's down to a couple little things, you know, especially as often as, as they've heard these songs. Nate, when he came in, was learning from my L.A. keyboardist who had his tone set up, and we would set those up just just a matter of of talking about how, you know, what the influence of the song was, kind of set that set that vibe or that ear up straight. But then Nate, Nate's come, like, and pulled some variations on things, and I might be like, no, let's, let's pull it back here, or maybe a little bit more aggressive on this and let's do it. he's like oh but there's this organ it's like oh there's the organ well go go at it you know <laughs> so so it's a little bit of a push and pull push and pull but in the end the the right sound seems to win and he's much more knowledgeable about what he can do or what's out there you know as far as tone banks and different organ different organs of keyboards and I'm kind of just like, you know, just make it like, I don't know, like, or, or more round, or more, you know, or more square, or, <laughs> can it get sexier? How about sexy? How about... <laughs> and he usually fits it in. <laughs> now, on the record with the with the Moog sounds, that was, yeah. that was a challenge, because we were going for different things and different kind of uh, space effects and things like that. But that in the fun, end, though. it came out pretty cool. Yeah. This song, Sweet Disaster, has uh, been kind of... There was a prequel release a couple years ago, like a, a remix of the of, a, of our live version. And uh, so to, to record this finally and make it the... Uh, what would you call it? The, the final definitive recording of it. It's really cool. Even got the clavinet. Sort yeah, of, I think that was a good. Those uh, like rotor teeth in there that gives it the thing. I'm glad we tried that because that sounds pretty good. This is a big favorite uh, to our, our listeners. I like it too. It's a, it's a you know. It's a disco jam, kind of Michael Michael Jackson meets uh, Jameer Choir or Sister Sledge or something. Yeah, it seems like a good dance tune. And then it's got this fun breakdown too for Mario and, and the rhythm section.
that's fun. That's fun to play live too. Here's that Tavares countdown. <laughs> when we turn on a dime into the Mar into Mario Land. I guess we're you do the clav and I'm doing the acoustic jamming. You know, it's subtle, but having the acoustic through almost everything is a really nice kind of. Yeah, it's a rare thing. It makes it kind of more organic. Yeah. Like it keeps just like sort of a an earthy vibe to all what could escape into digital land, you know? That's at least from my perspective. Is it yours? Is that how you mean? That's a Nate question and he's thinking, right? No, for uh, you. It's for you. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking, I would use different words, but totally, I mean, yeah, just, uh, just that, you said earthy, exactly, I mean, just kind of grounding it all and uh, making it consistent and making it so it's not, I mean, obviously it's rooted in uh, disco and R&B and soul, but it's not limited to that, you know, there's other there's other influences coming in, and the the acoustic guitar is a subtle reminder of that to me, you know? Mm-hmm. We pull it all the way back to the chorus. Little known fact, little trivia, that's Robert Rebeck on the hand claps. Nice. Ah, I wondered that. I wondered who was on the... There's another little note effect. I had to tell him to turn that back. After. <laughs> turn that down. That's awesome. I'm like, I know you're proud of those. He's like, no, I thought they were pretty good in the middle. I'm like, let's just. <laughs> you would think that they were just right in the mix. That marks the end of a. Uh, end of the disco uh, sort of features, because we kind of move into this bonus section of the album. Yeah, these are both different than pretty much everything else. An encore of sorts. This to me is uh, sort of almonds. Almonds and, and Zeppelin. Yeah. Hendrix, Prince. A little, uh, a little Southern, so it's got some weird skin in there, maybe. <laughs> the backup vocals remind me of Skinner, I guess. Yeah. You know, Corey, I mean, working in kind of this genre, I bet uh, you've crossed paths with some guys from my old stomping grounds, Josh Hoyer and Soul Colossal. No. Not, you don't know those guys? I don't think so. They're from Lincoln, and, uh... I do know some Lincoln fellas. Yeah, you should, I'll send you a link. You should check them out. They're really good. Soul Colossal. Josh Hoyer and Soul Colossal. I'd like to hear them. 
Lincoln turned up some good talents. I knew uh, Brent Claybaugh and Joe Decaus and Dustin Booth and Rob Gock from Nub. Cool. They moved out, moved out to the Lawrence area from Lincoln back in the day. I'm not sure they're on the scene here right now. He's laughing about the harmonies. <laughs> I still am. <laughs> That's good. You remember on the first album on Good Time, there's like, there's songs in there that we all did, I did by myself, and everybody thinks it's girls. But it's me. What can I say? <laughs> That's incredible. It sounds exactly how it should, too, so. <laughs> good. This is uh, the drummer Chell's my favorite song to play, or it was at least, so we had to put it on the record for sure. show, Corey Phillips, the Beta Light Show, they're going to get it all. You know, it's going to be heavily rooted in the R&B, soul, funk disco, but we got some blues in there, we've got some some roots, uh, I don't know, R&B country, and even something like this last song, Dark Cloud, Black Magic, which is sort of like a dark, demented love song, um, with a lot of guitar elements. It's just a real listening piece to close out the album. Like you start closing your eyes and I didn't realize you're... If you're listening to this on your drive home, keep your eyes open. <laughs> the harmony parts of this are pretty, pretty crafty too. Yeah, this is pretty new for me, I think. Yeah, pretty new for you. You know that no one can 
Just a lullaby though, you know? Yeah. Keyboards. Like I just lock in with you on that. Just the dark cloud above the black mountain. You were just like Gotta get some Pink Floyds and some oh, yeah. heroin, ze heroin Zeppelin in there. That's what I was uh, trying to think of comparing it to the Floyd influence. Yeah, the little guitar lick is very, very kind of a Floyd thing to do. There's a song on Presence called T for, T for One, or I think it's T for No One, T for One. Um, where Jimmy Page kind of just goes off, and you can tell he's he's on the horse, and it's just really demonic stuff and twisted kind of minors and major uh, juxtapositions, and I think that influenced this song. But then when we started pulling it together in rehearsals, it started taking on a little more of a Pink Floyd vibe, and so both were fun to celebrate as we all got lost in these songs. No, I was definitely feeling like Floydy, being Floydy on that, on this one. It's okay. I'm alright with that. That was really cool. I mean, the solo was great, but also what's going on underneath the solo is incredible there. Yeah, well, we got, we're trying to lead them around with the chord changes a little bit, yeah. Thanks. We can go off and make our love. <laughs> Taking us back to space, like the intro. Behind the flowers and trees. We can run on, make our Base hippies. It's such a dream piece. It's mm -hmm. such a fun way to 
in the album with it's already gone so many different places. Um, it almost leaves you with this 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 hunger to like go back and experience some of those other interpretations after us taking to a completely different place here. I don't think it leaves you exhausted of the, the, the sonic treatment. Like some albums can, you're like, okay, I'm done, what's next? And it goes, now what was that? I need to go back now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't feel tired at all. I, you're still, like I said at the beginning of the second side here, I mean, you're still bringing new stuff we haven't heard before in an hour of music, you know? You're still bringing new stuff in. Yeah. And so you just hit repeat on your CD, on your CD, man. And, uh, you know, keep going. Just keep driving, man. Wow, that was nice. Just keep driving. Sex, Thirsty, Love, Hunger, Corey Phillips and the Band of Light. Uh, we can keep talking, That's but right. just uh, if you want to pick it up, CoreyPhillipsMusic.com is your home base. That's right. For, you can uh, also find it on iTunes or Amazon or wherever you, you find your nice uh, music these days. Wherever you shop for fine music, you should be able to find it there. Um, yeah, thanks for the opportunity to, to hear these out. I literally, when we were mixing the album and waiting on the master, I listened to it so much and had to listen to so many different versions of it, different headphones, different speakers and everything. Not against my will, believe you me. Um, but I was worried that I would tire of it. And then after it was mastered by the great uh, Bernie Grunman, Oh, wow. He came back, and every time I listen to it, I'm just like, it's just, it's like so musical and so gentle on my ears and inviting, but I don't listen to it very often anymore. And um, it came out in May, the end of May, May 21st, and so we've been um, pushing it for a good four months now. Um... And it still is not old to me. Like, just hearing it right here, I want to go listen to it again, but louder. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that sounds good. Yeah, man, you, sh- you got every right. It's it's a great record, and you should feel proud. And this is something you can feel proud about and enjoy for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah, man. Make sure you're happy with it, you know? Whatever you're out there recording, don't do it. Don't just go through the motions. Make sure it's going to, like, turn you on down the line, too. I'm very pl- very pleased that this group of guys uh, were able to uh, help me do that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah it, was, uh, it was a pretty fun process to record. Just like three days in the house. and We had catered food. We did. I don't remember what exactly it was. I, think I it was can't some, remember either. I was about to say day. what it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Baked potatoes one day. It was chilly. The next oh, that's day. right. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was very good home cooked food. A lot of beer cans. Um, yeah. Didn't want for anything. Just ordered some music. Nice. Oh yeah. So we um he uh Nate really uh released um a remix of our. His track not uh, so, yeah uh, the track th- third track on the 
third side, given the take. <laughs> I think seven seven, so it would be track. You know, t- it would be track ten. Track ten. Given the take, yeah. he did a remix of it, and I don't even. Do you, I don't know if you want to describe that remix. We got it up on Spotify. I know. It is. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty much out everywhere. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I told you. I thought those backgrounds were the girls' voices. Um, I don't know. It's I, I'm. I, Do you feel I, cheated? No, no, no. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the remix is. is I, don't, I I enjoy listening to it. I don't know how to describe it, but it's. It sounds to me like uh, ethereal, sort of like urban remix it's like uh, reminds me of The Weeknd a little bit okay you know how a little trancey um but uh it, it makes yeah it makes me sound like like The Weeknd vibe um who was the other one I brought up to you like did I say Maxwell Ka- Kanye oh, Maxwell, Maxwell. <laughs> it sounds pretty cool and dream dreamy and, and hip and modern in ways that you know, the band couldn't have done it that way, you know. But it's also such a cool song in the first place that, you know, in its normal form, um, it's just so interesting to hear it mm-hmm. in this new, uh, this new edgy sort of hip form. You can check it out on Spotify, either under Corey Phillips and the Band of Light or under... Astralis. Astralis. Yeah. Which is going to be, I mean, it'll be in the show notes and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, we'll link and to then, it. Yeah. There'll okay, be a remix cool. of Candles coming out, too, by... By Proach? By Proach. Cool. Yeah, he, he mentioned it in the past. I didn't know if it was going to come. You know, he's a busy and, and fruitful guy. No, he's got he's got it on his plate, I know. Meanwhile, um, I released Give and the Take as a single as well. Oh, nice. So it's like a cross, okay. a, a cross thing. People yeah, can hear the remix uh, at the same time. What, what is that called? Uh, I don't know. Crossover... Yeah, cr- cross promotion. Yeah, cross promotion. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> First, yeah, man. But basically, you know, we want to we want to get people into buying the record and in in all its grandeur um, before it's just all available on Spotify. So, you know, musicians gotta gotta live, you know, and <laughs> recoup expenses and such. So. We're letting letting bits of its light come out on Spotify and the streaming platforms, it, bit by bit. It's funny. Uh, we're uh, we've had a Spotify discussion kind of ongoing uh, amongst the three of us and, yeah. and other people, and I was going to to mention that like, so when I released that sing, single, that remix, like it allowed like. CD Baby allows you to, you know, do the splits and all that stuff. So, but uh, in Apple Music, if you go to, I think if you go to your, the fan of I, I think it might say you appear on, and then it'll see my remix. But if you go to Spotify, it used to show that and doesn't show that anymore. And I was like, that's kind of that's kind of messed up, man. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to be on a soapbox, but. Um, I think so, you should have, you know, the, the, you should be go to go, be able to go to an artist page, and then scroll down and see also appear appears on, you know, mm-hmm. this and this and this. Oh, I see. And so it not, kind of like gives yeah. you gives you some options to exactly. start checking out some yeah. more. And they're not doing that anymore. Huh. It's kind of messed up to me, Maurice. 
We'll have to pick some bones with them. <laughs> Spotify people. It occurs to me like Spotify these days is like the radio. You know, um, and that's, you know, it's just like it's your free listening opportunity. If you like the single, you buy the album. And so I used to think, like, wow, the, the entire catalog of music that's ever been made is available at my fingertips. And I only have to pay is 10 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wait a second. I'm one of those people. <laughs> and uh, and, and it kind of, you know, people who depend on that are like, well, is it on Spotify? Because then I don't need to buy your CD. It's like, I know. No, it's not. But um, we can kind of rewire the system a little bit by releasing singles to, to the, uh, the platforms and sell our albums either through iTunes and Amazon or through the website where we also sell the vinyl. So do go to the website Corey Phillips Music and, and pick up this incredible approach to modern and retro R&B soul and the spirit of sexuality and romantic love. Sex, there's your love hunger. You heard it from the man. I, I don't think it really gets any better than that. Uh, <laughs> Corey, it's been great to have you on. Love the album. And uh, Thank you. This is fun. Yeah, let's let's not wait ten years to do it again, man. You got it. We can uh, we can listen to the first one now if you want. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Spring. <laughs> we can pick it, pick about my first albums too, if you'd like. No, can uh, no, you won't have to wait that long. We're enthused and we're gonna we're gonna use this momentum uh, as much as possible. Cool. We'll hold you to it. It's been the long play listening party. Later, everybody.